What's going on, guys? <clears throat> Episode something of Organic Poison Podcast. And, uh, yeah, it's really nice to be back on here with you guys once again. Um, you know, I guess we're just going to get straight to it. Um, July 30th, the NBA is coming back. I mean, it's not coming back. It's somewhere. It's It's not back. But it is something. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure that, I don't, you know, I might not have released the episode where I talked about the bubble, but I'm pretty sure I did. If not, it will be out. But there's a bubble. Most of us are all aware that there's a bubble. Any of us that give a damn about NBA. Uh, and it, the bubble is in Orlando. Well... Apparently no one can, you know, everybody's supposed to be there by now, I'm pretty sure. I think maybe the last group of people come in Thursday. So, but they've just got a bunch of rookies and whatever. I mean, they say Kawhi Leonard's there already. Um, anyway, a lot of that only matters so much. Well, there's been a couple of guys that are basically like, I can't do this. Like, this sucks. But then there's also people who had to leave because of family emergencies. I'm particularly referring to Zion Williamson. Now, it's apparently a very, very, very strict policy of once you get there, if you leave, then you're, like, voiding your contract pretty much. Now, I mean, I don't know. But... They, they did make a special exception. They made a big deal, I guess, for uh, Zion. Don't get me wrong. Zion's a damn good player. And it's like, do you really think that LeBron James isn't getting people in and out of that bubble, too? It's like LeBron James isn't about to go down there and not get to whatever he wants. I'm sure he'll be, he would be very responsible about bringing people or things in and out of there. But, you know, LeBron's going to get whatever the fuck he wants. Which, I mean... I don't personally have a problem with, but it's just funny. Uh, yeah, you can pretty much write off the chances that Houston had of uh, kicking a whole lot of ass this season because both James Harden and Russell Westbrook caught the coronavirus. Yeah, uh, so, <laughs> so I don't really think Houston's about to be knocking on any wood, if that makes sense. But I could be wrong. I mean, maybe... I didn't. I haven't. I usually don't watch much basketball until after the All Star break, and well, you see how that goes, or that went for this season. Uh, I mean, you know, I would say we. I, you know, if I had a guest here, I might would carry on a little more about how they're possibly they're going to pretty much trade uh, Kevin Love from the Cleveland Cavaliers, which is insane. <laughs> I mean, I get it. He's an older guy, but it's just wild to think that he would get traded. Like, he is... I mean, maybe they're having more problems than I, I know, I'm aware of. But, like, Kevin Love is, like, the only person left on that team that, like, has any essence of the last time they were a good team. Or a great team. I guess, I don't know, maybe Tristan Thompson still plays for them, but I haven't been checking for him. But, like I said, I don't. Really, I hadn't really watched much basketball this year. So, I'm not really sure who's, I mean, I'm sure that Kawhi Leonard, the Clippers are doing good. I know that Houston was doing good. Obviously, the Lakers are doing good. I'm curious, because last I checked, the uh, 
long time ago, obviously, the Pelicans weren't going to be able to get into the playoffs. But somebody said the other day that they were playoff eligible. So it would be pretty crazy if the fucking Pelicans went to any length in the playoffs. Especially with Zion. Because they were not doing great until he fucking came along this season. I do remember that. That first game he played was insanity. I'm sure some of you guys probably don't care about basketball, but... Man, I do like sports. Um, and basketball is an alright time filler. Apparently they're going to have shorter games for the rest of the season. Uh, I think they're doing 20 games, 22 games, something like that. Something else that I did find interesting, and uh, you know, everybody likes to win awards, no matter who you are. Well, apparently, all of the like season awards, they've already there. None of these games that are about to happen are going to count towards that. So all the coaches and everybody who has to vote for all this stuff, they uh, they have to base it off of that first part of the season. So like that would mean that our MVP is already decided. And rookie of the year. So we won't. For it sucks for Zion, because I was thinking about how crazy would it be if he came back after had that whole fucking first part of the season. He was all fucked up, came back and just dominated, and then still gets rookie of the year. Like talk about a comeback. That'd be crazy because despite all of this coronavirus shit, Zion. Uh, has was like the fucking talk of the town last year, man. <laughs> I mean, it was like a huge fucking deal when he didn't end up going to the Knicks. And it's like now, bam, Zion fucking gets hurt in G League. But I remember it was around the same time they were having earthquakes. Not G League, but Summer League, the Summer Games or whatever the hell it is. And then they were having earthquakes in California while they were playing. Some crazy shit. But then he got injured, I guess. And didn't get to play for the first part of the season. And then he got to play. In his first game, he scored like 17 points or some shit like that. And only played for like two minutes. No, I'm joking. He played more than that. But he bodied it. He like sunk four or four threes, I believe. I don't know. It was insane. But, you know. So, I'm going to say that his rookie of the year shot is going to be a shot for sure. Because chances are, there's going to be some rookies playing out of these teams that are uh, out there. Not all of the teams went out there. But, uh, you know, it's something. Uh, I'm very curious to know what the NFL is going to do about football. Colleges are already, like, changing their, like, totally changing up their schedules. Like, it's got to be, I don't even know what that has to do with shit, but it's got to be, like, last-ditch effort. I think it's so nobody has to fly. Which is nuts. I mean... November is going to be nuts. <laughs> Either way. Whether it be for football, or the election, or no football, or no election. <laughs> but, nonetheless, I guess we'll see. Uh, I didn't mean to get too dark there. We were too early in the podcast. We're not even ten minutes in. Uh, but, no, I am curious to know what the, what the NFL is going to do. And, you know, I, I would like to watch some football this this year, but in the same breath. If the virus is as bad as it is, then, I mean, or as bad as it's gradually getting to be, I mean, nonetheless, God, look, I just did it again. I'm not even, I'm trying to not talk about it so early in the podcast, but, uh, yeah, either way, 
If they can make it happen, I would love it if they could. <laughs> because, uh, because I love football. And, um, you know, want everybody to be safe, though. Um, yeah. But the UFC has very successfully been, uh, handling their business when it comes to the coronavirus. They are, without question, making a fuck ton of money right now. Because they are, I mean, until the NBA comes back, they're pretty much the only show in town. <laughs> and they've been doing it for like two months already. I mean, I do wonder, like, how cost-effective it is, like, in comparison. Because the UFC has become a pretty, pretty massive company over the, you know, past ten years. Particularly the past five years, honestly. And it's like, you know, you think about, like, they're growing and spending in the sense of, they're growing, you know, their their growth is, you know, massive, very quick, so it's like, you think about staff, and you think about people, like, facilities, and all this other stuff, like, payrolls, and all this, are they paying with, like, capital that they just happened to, like, lucked out and had, or are they just stupid-ass rich and still making money, like, because if you, you don't have people in the crowd, and that means you probably miss out on, I mean, concession stand stuff. You miss out. I mean, they said that it's like eight, nine, ten million dollars or some shit like that they make off of the gate alone. And it's like ten million dollars isn't even the equivalent of how much you paid all your fighters tonight. And I know you, that's not including any of your like advertising money, <laughs> which is probably more than that. And they've had they've had three events in the past week. One of them was fucking massive. Two of them were pretty massive, really. But still. And they're fighting in Abu Dhabi. They're international fights, so it's fights from all over the world. People fighting from all over the world. It's like, there's people watching this shit everywhere. <laughs> it's just, that's just crazy. And it's working for them. And very few people that have had anything to do with the UFC has, te has tested positive. The only people that it seems like they've got that's working t that, you know, that they actually have to test is fighter, like, they've had two fighters, I believe, or a fighter and one of their fighters' coaches or something. I'm not sure. Let's just say three people total. So, I mean, and they apparently test people constantly. Nonetheless, UFC's killing it. I hope that basketball can have as smooth of a return. It seems like they're not having any problems with the coronavirus getting to the bubble. So... But they're, they have picked off more people than just Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Like, there's several people that have probably had to stay home. I'm quite sure. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. I, uh, I don't know. We know a few people who got the Rona. Not anybody who's just super close. But it's like, we might know a lot of people that got the Rona. And people just never went and got tested. Like, how many people do you think have gotten and just been like, oh, it was a common cold, and just called it a day? <laughs> it's like, I feel like that's probably happened a lot. And, like, they've seen nothing happen, come from it, or they're, you know, <laughs> the people that they're around all the time, they don't get, I mean, I had the sniffles, and I had a little bit of a cough, actually. But never did it feel, I think my cough was just from having a dry throat. But, I mean, hey, I might have had the Rona. But I don't think I did. And my family's not sick. 
<laughs> and my in-laws are not sick and my coworkers are not sick so I don't know it's crazy if they made it easier to get tested I probably would you know I say that it probably is pretty easy I'm just not as dying to go and gaze upon the testers and get something shoved down my nose but I mean I would if I thought I was uh, actually that sick I'm not sick at all now <laughs> but you do have to wonder how many people have probably got it and it just like was like well it was over before I uh, was having any crazy symptoms come to find out it turns us all into bats that would be crazy we all turn into bats <laughs> yeah that, if one of us turned into a bat that would be crazy <laughs> I mean if you think about it that guy, that guy just turned into a bat like, how the fuck does that happen? But, uh, damn, I, I feel like I was going somewhere with that. Um, but, oh, but yeah, uh, yep, that's all good. That's good, that'll do. <laughs> I was thinking about something, uh, I had posted a Facebook status the other day. You know, I was talking about Mini Park. I don't know how many of you that listen to this would even know what that is. But in Macomb, they used to, when we were kids, and I guess they probably would still do it now. I mean, under different pretense or circumstances. But uh, it's in the summertime. It's like for four weeks. Like, in, on the weekdays, like, kids would go up there and hang out at the park. And they'd have, like, I mean, they had, like, fucking... 10 15 counselors working at once too so there's like people all out there but it's like i think that the starting age is like six or seven so it's like and usually i mean a vast majority of those i don't say a majority i don't know this for sure but i know a lot of those kids just like me they came started coming there and there were already kids that were going there that they knew so it wasn't like just an abundance of kids well i don't know now that i think about it it is kind of weird to think of but this was also 20 years ago <laughs> Uh, when I first started, Mini Park, that's what it was called, uh, and there's, you know, it's, especially when you have, you make a post like that, and it, get, you know, it somehow finds its way into the algorithm, and it's like, you start seeing people commenting on there, it's like, you already remember a lot of people, but when you see people getting on there, and everybody's like, tagging their friends and stuff, it's like, holy shit, we all were at Mini Park together, like, that's just wild to think about, but it's, it's cool though, you know, and, it, that status just made me start thinking about how it's like, you know, and seeing all those names of people and all those people like talking about memories and, you know, and me thinking about all the people that like didn't even comment on there that like I don't even know on Facebook that I remember from there. It's like all these different people that you remember from like, say, you know, if you're 30 and say you let's just say you didn't move a million miles away from like you didn't move from one part of the country to another but you live in a town or around a town or you know still in touch with people somehow even if it's an acquaintance or even if it's not people you still have any kind of you know acquaintance with and it's like how did you meet them and it's like oh man the very first the very you like you start thinking about first impressions it's like the very first impression you had of a person or at least the furthest back you can remember because in about especially with macomb it's like there's some people that i know and i'm like damn i don't even remember how i met you like 
was it because it was so so long ago or was it just because like maybe the first impression and vice versa maybe the first impression just wasn't like some oh yeah we hung out you know at such and such's house on in the middle of the summer at blah 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 because it's like sometimes like man that person was just some people is like oh i remember that person being around for a while before we became friends you know but it's like you don't exactly just remember the first time you met them i mean nonetheless you still know these people and it's like i've known this person for so long and it's like being on facebook i feel like i see that a lot but Like you kind of, because it's like I mean, if I've had I've had Facebook since two thousand and nine, so it's been eleven years that I've been on Facebooks. <laughs> That's crazy. It's like because some of those people I've met I've met in that time span, but then it's like there's people that you're like you've known since you were like children. But the main reason I'm bringing that up is because you think about where you met those people. It's like. Like, I remember meeting people, like, you meet people at church, like, say, when you were a teenager. And then you met people at church. I mean, if you if you were the person whose parents took you to church and you were into church for whatever amount of time. Uh, it's like, there's the, like, like, youth group kids. But then there's also, like, kids you met in Bible school. It's like, when you would... Like it would be kids, it would be it would be the same crew. Like it would be on a youth group. Like once you got older, it's like you kind of saw the general same amount of people at the same time. But it's like when it was Bible school, you got that. I don't know. My perception could be different about that though. I mean, I was homeschooled. I didn't have the regular go to school every day and meet all these people and befriend all these people. For me, it was like you had those times as a kid. Like you got the most out of that. When say even when the homes well we were part of a homeschool group so we did get to do shit like a, periodically it wasn't like we just sat at home and didn't have any friends not, I mean me and my brother had friends in the neighborhood as well but it was something about those chances when you could get to go to Bible school even being stupid young and you'd see people that's like you don't see that you almost and it's like hey man I hope you're going to the same Bible school I'm going to next week. You kind of find out they are, and it's like, oh, hell yeah. But this one's at night as opposed to in the morning. That was the shit. If you could, okay, I know this might be a very particular situation for some people, but if you could get it set up where you had Bible school that night, but you had mini park that morning, you were set. That was like the perfect summer schedule, but it only lasted for a week. <laughs> when then the next week, you would have to decide whether you wanted to go to mini park or Bible school, and I almost always chose Mini Park because Mini Park was the shit. Uh, but yeah, you know, it, you know, think about church and Bible school. That was one of my points of reference. And then it's like a whole different demographic of people. If you were someone that went to shows, like, or was it at all like involved in the music scene, like, man. Think about all the people you met through there. That it's like, oh shit, that's where I met you. A lot of people that I know, I met. A lot of people that I know I re-met through the music scene. So many people, actually, that I knew when we were, like, children. And then it was like, we get back in... But, I mean, in Macomb, it was kind of like... That was a large part of the social scene was people who went to shows. I mean, 
for especially for a certain age. It's like if you were if you were at all like not like just the I'm diehard into sports and I'm all and totally infatuated in love with my school, you know, go school pride. If you were not that kind of person, then you probably went to shows or hung out with the guys who played video games on Friday nights as opposed to going to play football. Nonetheless, that's how a lot of people that I know, I knew those people, but I also somehow managed in my life to befriend the people who thoroughly enjoyed going to the football game on Fridays. <laughs> uh, but, and I remember, that's what I'm saying, remembering all those people from back then, too. Like, that's like, even now. Uh, yeah, and then we had like, once you got, you know, you get to a certain age, you might be of the demographic. It's like, you think about people you met at a bar or at like a party. Like, like a college age, you started going to parties and shit like that. And it's like, you run into these people and you're like, ah, oh, man. But even still, you might have known those people for even longer because you remember them being friends with such and such in school or, you know, you saw them, they always hung out at Waffle House or some shit like that. It's like, but, you know, you befriend those people somehow, and then it's like, you, like, oh man, I remember that person. I had the first impression, and it's just an incredible thing, even if it's people you don't like. That's what I was saying, like, even if it's not like somebody that you have anything to do with, it's like, man, that guy did this, this, and this, and this. The whole real point the whole real point of this, though, is just, like, think about how much memory you have entirely invested in people. Like, even if they're, like, just vague, like, whatever it may be. It's like, you think about, like, think about how much, and all these things that I was just talking about was pretty much talking about people that you were not even close to. If you run through all of those memories of all those people from all those experiences, and it's like, oh, wow, like, it's like you might even remember the guy from the gas station from a month ago if you saw him, and you would somehow, like, you have all of that information inside of your brain. I mean, what are you what are you supposed to do with that? Like I mean, you have to take somehow into account that if your brain can remember that's only that's only memories with, I'm not trying to get lost in a rabbit hole here, but that's only memories of people. That's not your retained information for any kind of formula to do anything. Or your retained information for uh, how to... I'm not going to go into a million examples. But how to work a microwave. Like, uh, how to, you know, take ice, put it in your cup, and then pour your hot drink in there. And to know that the ice is going to melt more if the drink is hot versus if the drink is already in the fridge as well. I mean, knowing those kind of things... There's billions of uh, those types of situations. It's like, I don't know. It's an incredible thing to think about, though, uh, for what it's worth. But, the, the you know, 
having all those memories of, of people and something it's just it's crazy because that is one of those things that gives you your uh i mean it gives you the opportunity to learn about people in a very nuanced way like if you that like the i feel like the broader you look at the every single one of those experiences the easier it is to be closer to an absolute when you're generalizing someone. <laughs> like, uh, general, generalizing a group of people. But it's like, if you're able to, I mean, if you're able to pay closer attention, it's almost like putting on a type of glasses. It's like you have to put on, like, certain lenses to be able to, you know, maybe give yourself the, uh, the, the, I feel like patience is a good word, but it's not the best word. It's like give yourself I, I don't know some type of some type of mental motivation to not be so general about people. I mean, we're, everybody's guilty of it. I mean, and it's it's not it's also not speaking uh speaking directly towards you know racism or any of the things that we have going on now specifically. But it's like just the, you know, I mean, you can even you know, use back as an example your Facebook friends. Think about how easy it is to just generalize somebody because they said a certain, like, something. Like, I'm trying to think of something in reference that's not necessarily involving the things that are going on now, right now. But it's like... I mean, we'll just use the Trump thing as an example. Like, somebody shares, like, one thing that is, you know, something that their cousin shared that was on a, on a, like, a Trump page. Like, I said, like, pro-2020 Donald Trump, but it, like, actually doesn't say anything about Donald Trump. It's just something specifically about people who are, you know, that smoke weed. Or something like it's a it's a funny joke about people smoking weed, but it's from like say a conservative point of view. People automatically will be like, that person is a Trump supporter. They're probably racist, and they think that Obama and Hillary are coming to their house to take their guns. Don't get me wrong. When it comes to us joking around, talking shit to somebody who's an asshole, by all means, <laughs> you know, I'm just th I'm in, I mean I'm not necessarily saying about reactionary things right now either, but. That's just an example. Like how we generalize. Or somebody being like, uh, I want to legalize weed. And then people generalizing them is like, oh, I bet you're, you know, even if they even if they don't vocalize that this is the way they feel, they still will think, some people will think, and they might vocalize. It's like, oh, I bet you're a Bernie Sanders supporter. You, you bet you don't have a job. Uh, bet you have, I bet you got a fucking iPhone, you know, like all that, you know, all this, the generaliza generalization and using that in a negative way. It's like, I think that there is a good way to general to, to utilize generalizing people. And I think that there is a, a prime, primarily it's used in a bad way, subconsciously 90% of the time. I mean... A lot of people don't realize that they are a certain way. 
I'm, and you know, as usual, as to those of you who have heard the podcast, I'm self-critical. I mean, I, I'm, I equally have been that same person, and I still am that same person. It's, but the thing about it is, is trying to not be that way. It's like, I mean, and ultimately, the goal, I'm not saying that you should just expect that of yourself, but in the same breath, it's like, if you could, tr- like, I'll, my thing is like, I've got one of the things that I practice is try to look at the way that I'm talking to people online because 90% of the time I don't want to we have to talk we have to be able to talk about things without just writing the other person off or not listening to what the other person has to say I mean if there are definitely situations where it's like, no, I don't really want, I'm not, I mean, I'm, there's things that I'll tell you that I'm not going to listen to fucking people talk about. That's not the vast majority of things, though. I mean, there's the conversation, if you, somebody comes up to you and starts tr- talking about things with children and shit like that needs to be normalized, that is a conversation that I'm probably not going to be willing to hear you out. I don't want any, I don't want any fucking thing to do with that. That is, uh, <clears throat> that's, uh, you're going to have to wait a couple of generations before you start trying to get my lineage to approve of that. <laughs> I think, like to think that I'm fairly progressive. I mean, I'm not going to say that I'm the most progressive, but, uh, when it boils down to it, that is just not in the cards. I'm not, I am not interested in that. I don't sympathize with the idea either. There's a lot of things that I, uh, you know, support, but that is not one of the things, uh, but, uh, you know, there are things, you know, you're not, there was a, you know, people trying to normalize sexual assault, and, you know, in all fairness, that's probably some asshole online that, like, made this up, and it's some, like, you know, just as a troll, whether it be on Reddit or something, (laughs) Maybe not. Oh, Reddit always gets the bad end of the stick. We'll say it was on 4chan. Reddit's not a bad place. There just happens to be some. There just happens to be some sour apples <laughs> on Reddit. But 4chan, I think everybody that frequents 4chan knows what they're signing up for. Nonetheless, you could easily see something like that coming from out of one of those places with some dude that you're never gonna figure out who he actually is anyway. <coughs> yeah. So, yeah, that that kind of stuff is not acceptable to me. Like, you're going to have to go, you're just going to have to find somebody else in this world to relate to and relate and relay. Um, yeah, like, so when I post shit, I want to have conversations, but like, you know, what I was saying, this, this is what I was talking about was taking the time to actually think about the way that I'm talking to people and you know whenever you are whenever you are trying to not have people you know fighting and argue excuse me when you're not trying to fight and argue with someone and you're purposely trying to find the words to say to be like hey you can be upset but be upset and use it to have a constructive conversation. If you're saying what you're passionate about, even if it's some fucked up shit, well, chances are you're not going to you're not going to end up back on my comment section, commenting and going and doing you know. If you're putting up a serious argument, there's obviously some people on there that'll pop up and say crazy shit, and I have to delete their comments. But that that is 
honestly, there's one person since I've been back on Facebook that I've had to do that with, and that's because he just goes too far, and he just, he personally attacks people, and I'm not, I don't want people to be, per like, if somebody starts calling you names, and starts, and honestly, if somebody says something about someone being a Nazi, it's like, okay, what are we doing here? <laughs> it's like, it's like, I, I don't want, I don't want, I would love it when people get heated. I do. I enjoy that. But only when it seems like there could be an outcome. Like, if people are heated because of the subjects and not because of the person they're talking to, then that's fine. People should be heated. People should be passionate about it. And that, but the thing about it is, is we should be passionate about it together. <laughs> Everybody looks at it differently. And... I'm talking about the whole grand scheme of everything. You know, everybody looks at everything differently. But it, it's like, when it comes down to, especially when it comes down to this whole American experience that we've got going on here. No matter what you stand for, no matter what you stand against, you're, it, what, what, on, the only thing that continue, continuing to fight and one up each other in that manner it just is never in it's never going to end good even if it boils down to going down to a actual civil war i mean and that is extreme but it's 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 a you know it's a thing even if it boils down to going to a civil war let's just say that your side wins now what you're gonna have to, you, you know, how many people have to die a lot more than fucking coronavirus. I mean, there's, there's, what is the point? What is the point of having a land that is all, you know, going according to plan? Whatever your plan is, if a fucking billion people have to die for it. Or live in more suffrage. It's like it that, that to me that is what blows my mind. And you know I'm not trying to be the kind of guys like oh, we should all put down our put down our uh, you know batons and just call it a day. I'm just saying, at some point people have to figure out some kind of compromise. No people, people and an entire race or races should not be put on the back burner for let's come to a compromise they should not be the compromise but let's get the, whoever it may be everybody whoever's against it whoever's whatever the fuck it is that we're fighting against here at this point somebody's got to make a compromise otherwise we ain't gonna have no fucking country to fucking ha have to compromise over And, I mean, you know, some people probably hear that and get excited. I'm not the one, though. I don't get excited about that. I'm not, I'm not happy about the entire country being up in arms while we actually have real problems. I mean, to me, it should be a, it should be a fucking no-brainer that we all gotta just, you know, like... I don't think it is that hard. I don't really know how many people honestly are pushing against 
making systematic systemic change? Who's pushing against that? Like, I think that whatever that it is that needs to happen with that needs to happen. I don't know what you're going to do about the fucking police departments. I don't know. But I do know that motherfuckers need to just go ahead and do whatever they have to do to make sure that there's no fucking racism anywhere. Because I can't help but imagine that we are literally going to fucking implode on ourselves. And as we continue to try to be like, you know, as long as you don't pay attention to the internet, as long as you don't pay attention to this, well, guess who is paying attention to fucking everything? Outside forces. People outside of America. I'm telling you, it sounds fucking nuts, and I sound like I'm being paranoid, but before any of this was going on, before Trump even became in office, we have always been the private school of the world. We're the we're also young. I'm per, we're one of the youngest countries. I'm pretty I'm sure, and we. I don't know, man. Like it's like we're like we're like the pricks who's you know, an, an, an ungrateful prick whose dad bought them a brand new truck, and they're just ungrateful, you know. Like that's that's what I think. The rest of the world has looked at America as for a long time. Like, all the old people in those countries are annoyed because their fucking grandkids or their kids want to be like Americans. They're like, if only you knew how big of assholes those guys were. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that in an anti-American spirit. I'm just saying. We haven't exactly historically been, you know, the kindest to people we like to go and hang out with. We haven't just left everybody just thriving after we come to their countries. But nonetheless, people still have looked at us almost, almost like bullies. But we're not, you know... You know, if we do something foul, we cover it up for the most part. <laughs> Nonetheless, like I said, I'm not trying to be, I'm not saying nothing anti-American. I'm just saying there's people outside. There's people who, you know, there's been civilizations that have come to an end because of their pride and their thought process of we're indestructible. I'm not saying that our civilization, that we're all going to die. I'm not saying that. I'm saying like, think about, think about if we did live like China. What is the reason why we wouldn't be ran like China? Because our government's going to protect us from that. Because our military is going to protect protect us from that. What is it that you think is going to keep that from happening? Because I'm not really fucking sure. It's like because if we're ha going to have to take the system, dismantle it, and build something new, how many other references do we have? I mean, we're if we're not going to live like the Western world, then, well, it kind of seems like we're going to live like communist. And, but, you know, you said yeah, maybe you maybe you've been of the school of thought. Me, I think about everything. I'm like, well, what would be so wrong about living like a communist? I was like, I don't, I'm not really sure because all I've ever heard was communism was bad. 
But then you see these guys online talking about, no, you don't understand. Communism's only been ruined because America tampered with it. Our capitalism sunk its teeth in. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, so what makes us impervious to that? You think that you're going to change an entire, like, an entire, like, fucking, the entire, I mean, <laughs> forgive me, forgive me. It's an entire fucking population that was raised on capitalism to capitalize on something. Even the people who are, the okay, even the guy who just stays on his couch and doesn't have a job. That guy's going to capitalize on the fact that somebody left a fucking beer in his fridge last night, and he's going to drink it. He's going to take it. Because it's, uh, well, it's mine. Mine now. What the fuck do you think? You think that because, I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm just saying. It doesn't sound like the most bulletproof plan in the world. Not to mention, our money is apparently starting to excessively decrease in value. That's something to think about. Mind you, I haven't had, I haven't noticed in my adult life any time where the money that we have doesn't matter for anything. So, let's just say that overnight we wake up and we, you know, come to find out. We don't have any money. Our money is apparent, inherently worthless. So in a month and a half, nobody can buy anything from outside of the country. And then in four months, nobody can buy anything within the country. Because we won't have anything. Yeah, that, that right there has nothing to do... I mean, maybe it does, but it's not at all in the forefront of what the hell we're talking about right now. Because we can't settle our differences and find compromise. Don't think that that can't happen either. Who do you think is protecting you from that? The government? The banking system? <laughs> right. Yeah, them. It, 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 happened, uh, it happened to the pound. There was a guy who, like, I don't know, uh, oh, uh, never mind, it was George Soros. He somehow, like, destroyed an entire currency. I, I would encourage you to look it up. It's pretty crazy how it happened. And they that's what, he is the reason they stopped using pounds. Because he, like, bought, like, all, I guess all the money or something. I don't know what, I don't really know what the fuck he did. But he did some shit, and, like, literally in the course of, like, 20 minutes. And it caused the pound to be completely worthless. And that wasn't that long ago either. And not to mention, they think that this guy is in on what's going on, uh... What's going on here? You know, the way that the, the Democrats... <laughs> whatever it is that they're doing. Uh, you know, I, I, I talked about this long enough, just saying... I guess the moral of the story is it's cool that we have memories of people and uh, we should be nice, nicer to each other. Even though, even when we're angry, you know, put that anger into, you know, making making something work for everybody. Because the end goal is not for us to, me to live and you to die. 
you know, or vice versa, or somebody else. It's like, no, that's not what you want, so let's not talk to each other like we don't care if the other one is dead. <laughs> like, I mean, that's dramatic, but, I mean, even still, it's like, we, we gotta find a way to just try to make a conscious effort to not think in such general generalizing ways of, of people when having conversations and just try to try to take people try to you know absorb the content of someone's character the best we can try to understand that the, the person you're talking to is a another human that has had their own life experiences their own insecurities their own you know prides so it's something to think about um yeah, you know, I was going to get in... Well, I guess we... we I got in a little conversation. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> the Rona. Got to a little conversation the other day. Uh, we were talking about rap albums. Man, I don't know if any of you guys remember the Carter 3. The Carter 3 was the shit. Uh, by Lil Wayne. It had Lollipop on it had got money on it it had a millie on it three pete it had mr carter on it it had mrs officer on it this album was like i think it was like i think it broke the record for the most sales in one week like the, in the excuse me in the first week and this is when they were still selling physical copies of albums and ringtones kanye west had broke the record at, I believe he sold uh, 800,000 plus in the first week. Lil Wayne, <coughs> I think, did like 1.4 or something. And million. Yeah, that's nuts. That's crazy. Lil Wayne will always be revered for that. <coughs> Apparently he did it with the Carter 4 as well. But I do not remember. I, I, we actually got that album early. Shame on us, I know, but and we had already listened to it and been listening to it by the time it came out. But me as a wannabe rap connoisseur, I feel like I would have acquired that information by now. But I'm pretty sure it did do over a million in the first week. But by the time, I'm pretty sure by the time that came out, people were buying stuff on iTunes too. Not that it matters, but... I mean, it's actually kind of weird. People did way better numbers before you could stream music. Because now, that's like some ridiculous number of streams you have to get in order to actually sell, on, like for it to be the equivalency of an album sale. But it's like when you see some, so think about that. And think about, You know, if you get a billion plus... Like, I think it has to be like 10,000 streams or something to count as like an album sale. So when someone says that you sold 100,000... 100,000 records, I mean, that means that you had to fucking... That's like millions and millions and millions of streams. <laughs> like, that's a lot of streams. And the only way your album can go gold is if you get 10,000 streams X amount of times. 
So apparently, I guess it was easier to go gold back in the day. But whenever you see an artist now who has a has a song that's like just say a not a single, but it's like a popular song off an album, or not even a popular song off an album, they can say that that song has now gone gold based off of the streams. Now, back in the day, it was like, I don't even know, I guess if you sold a single, you might could, it would turn into a, uh, you could do, be like, that single went gold. But back in the day, it was pretty much just your album. It had to be your album. But now, they put a lot more emphasis on the singles, too, because you they're getting the streaming numbers on there. It's like, <coughs> God's plan probably is like 12 times platinum. Well, I guess you go X amount of times platinum, and then you go diamond. But I'm not really sure what the the number on that is. I know that uh, I know that Eminem has a, has diamond albums, which is crazy. I feel like I feel like Panda. I feel like Panda should be a diamond single, because that song was played so many times. It had to have been like or the Adele song. Hello from the other side. Taylor Swift probably has a diamond album. I don't know. I just want a diamond. But, yeah. It was just, it had me going back, <clears throat> thinking about uh, old rap, like, music that I used to listen to. Like, even the <clears throat> songs that, excuse me guys, sorry, I got a little phlegm in my throat. I got a little codmel. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, like, even songs before I even listened to rap. Like, like I didn't listen to rap music when Fireman came out. I listened to, like, Gorillaz. You know, I listened to Linkin Park. <laughs> but, like, I didn't just, like, I wasn't just, like, uh, like, fine. But I was really young. But I did listen to rap music, like, every time, like, I was... You know, you go around people like everybody else listens to rap music. We just, I mean, hadn't got into it yet. <clears throat> but between Alex Fletcher, the Linkin Park Jay-Z uh, crossover, and Yahoo Radio, I definitely got my fair share of uh, a solid introduction. But it wasn't until I was probably about 14 that I started listening to rap, like, religiously. Just more and more and more. I used to actually used to get picked on because I listen to rap so much. I'm not going to say by who. Because it would come off the wrong way. But I think that when I first started rapping, I mean, I don't know that very many people take it seriously now. To be honest. I mean, I know a lot of people do, but I know there's probably a handful of people that don't take it seriously. But I, uh, I know that when I was younger, people thought it was just a thing. But man, I had a lot of fun rapping when I was younger it was a lot cooler I say it was a lot cooler it's cool now but back then it was like when you could just be out and about and be around people and shit it was pretty cool P playing in a band in a small town and being in a band that like goes on tour even if it's for like a week or two at a time that is a pretty cool feeling too I guess <laughs> but you know rapping and stuff was kick ass and just because when you did home shows everybody there you knew them and if you didn't, you were glad they were there because that meant there was new people there. 
and that kind of shit was always awesome. Like, that was, like, the best feeling in the world. Because people always make you feel like a million bucks. And you just want to make all those people... I mean, I don't know, not all the time. But, I guess, not everybody. But it's, I mean, a lot of times for me, it's like, you want to give these people, like, the funnest time. Like, it's a feeling that it's hard to understand unless you get the opportunity to do it. But, it's like, you just want to give these people, like, just a great time. (laughs) I mean, it looks good for you, too. You know, you go out there and you put on a good show, a fun show, and, you know, something that people remember. I mean, without, like, you know, pulling your junk out on stage or something, or throwing up or something, like, vile. (laughs) You don't want to do that. You don't want to just be, like, shitting on stage. There was a guy named Gigi Allen. I wouldn't encourage you, if you're under the age of 18, to look up any of his videos. But if you are 18, you should look through some history on a guy named Gigi Allen. He was like a uh, like scum lord five thousand, just a really nasty guy. But like he was like a, I guess an infamous underlord in the uh, punk rock scene. No, I would you definitely you know it's you're gonna read and see some pretty gross shit. But he 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 was he was nuts. He do shows naked. I mean, he would shit on stage, throw his shit at people. Like he was wild. <laughs> dude jerking off on stage like cutting himself on stage very dark guy i'm pretty sure he i don't i don't remember if he overdosed or not but i think his plan he like he had like a a, the way he wanted to die he wanted to kill himself on stage i'm pretty sure he wanted to either od or shoot himself there's probably a million different ways that he has theorized i mean he's definitely dead now though i mean a guy living like that it's only gonna last so long I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't a very kind guy. I mean, he wasn't, there was not really, you know, especially now you look at him. Gigi Allen was, uh, there was no redeemable qualities about him. (laughs) Aside from the fact that, I guess, somehow he did have, that whatever he did, there's something to be said about the fact that he had such a cult-like following even after he was gone. Like, people, there was a lot of people who truly revered him. And, I mean, I think he was pretty garbage. We spent more time making fun of him than anything else. But, uh, there's a lot of people out there, you know, in other parts of the country and world that would probably be mad about me saying that. Or anyone saying that. Not me specifically, but... Uh, yeah. I don't really know why I got on the G.G. Allen you know, conversation, but it don't really matter, I'm gonna get on over to this, apparently there's some shit going on in Portland still, they're rioting, they're protesting, protesting, whatever, you know, even a little getting pretty rowdy, fine, but nonetheless, I could see we're 50 days in a row that there has been, I'm sure it hasn't been all 50 days, but apparently it's ramping up in Portland, Oregon, uh, the protesters, you know, been out there there have been people who have uh, also uh, also been rioting i'm not sure what the crossover on that is it doesn't really matter but there have been unmarked government vehicles coming and kidnapping people from outside of where they're protesting at night at like two in the morning throughout this week that has been happening in portland uh, my guess is they were going to do it in, in like two or three nights in a row, and maybe it would scare people, 
into uh, not coming back out because that you know whatever, or <clears throat> or it would entice them, or it would entice them to try to hurt those officers and give them an excuse to do some crazy shit. Nonetheless, uh, it, you know it might not. It probably doesn't even sound that crazy, but it's just like they go and they put these throw, snatch these people up and throw them in a back of a van that's unmarked and they drive off with them. Now I've looked up a couple most most of the stories that I've read. I don't know how many times that this event has taken place in the past week, but most of the stories that I've read, they take these people in, they give them, you know, they interrogate the fuck out of them. They try to get basically they're trying to get them to squeal. They're saying, uh, there's a couple of things that I read that said that they would be filming these kids. Like, they would, I mean, they've had, uh, you know, 40 nights to collect data on people. They, they find people who keep coming out there, certain people. They're sitting there, you know, collecting information and all this other stuff. So they go and they specifically get one person. And they take them in. And they ask them a bunch of questions, all where they're from, blah, 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 blah all this information. And... You know, a couple of them got tickets. Almost immediately, every one of them get let out. They don't have to post bail or anything. And the real twister on this one is it's not Portland or Oregon's uh, people. This is the president's people, or the top government people, are have these guys out there doing this. Now, <coughs> excuse me. Technically, you could say it's not their jurisdiction, you know, like, but technically you can't, I guess. I mean, people are saying that it's unconstitutional what's going on. Don't get me wrong. My wife is walking down the street and the government pulls up, throws her in the back of a van to interrogate her about some shit. Yeah, that's fucked up. I'm having a little bit of, uh, uh, of a conflicting issue with what's going on with in Portland. It's like they they apparently are set they've set some buildings on fire. Uh you know, they they've they've been fucking with the police precinct. They they're apparently from both sides they're trying to more or less turn the middle of Portland into uh what they had kind of going on in Seattle. Now mind you there's a lot of really open-minded people and narrow-minded people that live in Portland. Portland is a very special place here in America. If you don't know anything about Portland, Oregon, look up what Portland, Oregon is now, outside or what it was six months ago. There, I mean, it's a it's a large, uh, really passionate amount demographic of people who are split up into about 15 different demographics, with different ideologies and viewpoints on the world. I don't. I, I don't know why that's a hub for that, but it is. So I'm sure it was a different city prior to Portland, but nonetheless. Uh, I think Oregon may have been one of the first states to legalize marijuana to a, a great degree. So that problem, that might have something to do with it. Uh, not saying that marijuana caught... Well, I mean, I remember that was a big deal. I remember it was actually a big deal. It was a big deal when Colorado made it legal. So, I mean, a lot of people moved there. Nonetheless, uh, I'm conflicted about how I feel about, you know, it's like, what if the people that they got, you know, they're like, oh, we weren't doing anything, but they have, like, footage or pictures or some sh proof, evidence of them doing some shit the night before or a week ago. 
I don't know that answer. It's like, I also, you know, there's a video going around of a girl getting, one of the girls getting snatched up. Like, they just come out there right in front of everybody. And apparently they've gotten people who are just walking by themselves. And I don't think that that's okay. I don't think it's okay that they're doing that, especially, particularly... We could have a we could have a, a more sizable conversation about it if these people were the people setting shit on fire, if they had information on them knowing that they were the ones that were doing some fucking crazy shit. Cause nine times out of ten, every time you see these pictures, it doesn't look like anybody who's out there trying to stand up for anything of benefit. But then again, I could be wrong. Here I am generalizing them. I'm not. I shouldn't do that. Nonetheless. I don't, I'm not leaning in favor, me personally, I'm not leaning in favor of the local police or the feds coming and snatching people up and throwing them in the back of a van. That just, there's no scenario where I'm actually thinking that that's a good idea. I'm just saying, I feel like something, there needs to be some kind of intervention. Okay, if we're looking for the the mindset to de-escalate things, no, I don't necessarily think they should be throwing people in the back of a van, but it's more than abundantly clear that just sending someone out there to talk to these people is not going to work either. I don't, I'm not sure why, where is the, where is the, uh, I'm not sure who it's on either. But I'm curious to know, where is the, uh, whose court is the ball in it's like, especially when you have these cities and these governors that are like not like doing anything about people wrecking their shit. I'm not saying that they should go out there and go to war. I'm not saying they should throw people in the back of fucking vans. But I am saying that if people are supposed to, you know, care about what's going on either way, somebody either has to do something or what's what's gonna you know what do they want in in city a what is it that they want that that mob outside that's fucking shit up what is it that they want whatever they want you need to come to as close to an agreement with them as you possibly can not saying you should take the knee or whatever the fuck i'm saying you need to figure something out because otherwise Everybody's getting thrown into the back of the fucking van. If you care about these people and you sympathize with what they're saying, make the change and let these people get back. Like, let, like, let, let's make those changes and let people start recovering and start to have mindsets about a more prosperous future. And if everybody's problem ultimately just lies with the president, why wouldn't people go and just? Take their talents to South Beach, not South Beach, but East Beach, whatever. Go, go protest, right? Go to the source. I mean, not to him specifically, and I'm not saying people should go and burn down the White House either. I'm just saying, it's like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what what people are expecting, but it's like the. We're not, I don't know, I can't help but just assume that so many people are just more than fine with having absolutely no idea with how something turns out. And then when it gets to a point, like there's, I know so many people that it's like, you would have no fucking clue what to do if this country flipped upside down. And that's exactly what you want. 
or that's exactly what you're saying that you want for whatever reason. It's like you would have absolute. Don't get me wrong. I don't know what I would do. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'd figure. I'd find a way, but I mean. It's it's pretty weird to try to function in the world today as it is. Can you imagine if it just got flipped over now? It's like they're trying to put some new legs on the table right now, but if you, they just flipped the shit over right now, man, we would be fucked. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I mean, I'm along for the ride. They say that there's a uh, say there's a meteor going through space right now that it has more like gold on it than the 10 times what the earth has and somebody said something about well think about if that meteor crashed into you know the earth and let's just say it like you know just slowed down and just landed like peacefully on the earth like not like because i'm sure if it hit the earth it would probably decimate some shit but let's just say just landed on here it that like everybody's money that's backed by gold would just be worth nothing I can't tell you how to get from point A to point Z on that scenario, how that works. But apparently if like there was that much gold that just got on the planet, gold would be worth nothing. Because there would be that much of it. I was under the impression up until the other day that people just still found gold all the time. But I guess that's not a thing. I guess people aren't just finding gold. And I get maybe if they are finding gold, they're filthy ass rich already. And they're just hiding the fact that they found gold. Because if people don't know that it exists, then the value doesn't decrease. What if, if I had like a 17 giant fucking 30-gallon drums filled with gold bricks? Let's say if I had 10,000 50-gallon drums filled with gold bricks. I feel like that would strongly affect the world economy. 10,000 50 gallon drums filled with gold bricks. I don't know how much is a gold brick worth. <laughs> kind of makes me want to look that up. How much does a go is a gold brick worth? It's like worth $500. I'm like, oh, well, I guess that's not really that much gold. I see cuz I also don't understand what what the the between gold and money like, is it just as simple as, I have some gold, I want to turn this in and get paid for it? Why does it matter how much gold we have for our economy to be, you know, f effective? Or however that works. Or does that even matter anymore? I mean, didn't we just print, like, trillions of dollars, digitally speaking? It's like, man, you start listening and talking about how, like, like the gov like our country is in like debt and it's like how does somebody manage to get into so much debt it's like there's not even enough money in currency in the world for that to like for you to ever even be able to pay that off so it's like you might as well just be negative 1 and that's it i don't know supposedly supposedly it's possible to become in debt somehow but you know here we are welcome to america not the worst place in the world <coughs> uh, i think i'm gonna make a documentary about myself 
I'm going to go to my childhood home. I'm going to bring my brother. I'm going to get two different people to interview me. I'm going to get people to interview my friends and uh, old bandmates and family members. And I'm going to make a documentary. A 45 minutes to an hour documentary. <laughs> that is by far the most conceited thing that I have ever thought about doing in my life. Very, very self-absorbed experience that would be. But, I don't know, kind of be nice. I always want to tell like certain stories and songs that I, I don't ever get to actually tell. Because it just doesn't work, like with the music, like some sometimes it does. I mean, it just it's a different kind of experience, like trying to write a song like that versus writing other kinds of songs. But and then I was like, well, you know, I I, I just want to be able to tell people about, you know, even going back to the conversation, the memories you have with people. I want to tell people those stories. I want to, you know, share a lot of those stories. But I always want to find a way of like explaining who I am. It's like I've all, I guess I've always had this longing of just like I want people to know who I am, and it's probably is all rooted in some form of ego, but or some ego or insecurity. Nonetheless, I, I, uh, it would be interesting, to say the least. Uh, I got a new song coming out. Only way people are gonna know about it before Tuesday is if you listen to this podcast. Uh, I think I'm gonna put it out Friday. I think. It's lit. It's not like going on a project or anything like that. No hook, just straight bars. It's lit, though. I mean, I fucking I had fun recording it, and I'm looking forward to sharing it. And I want every one of you to share it. I, just like I want every one of you to share the podcast. Please, I would appreciate that. Tell your friends. Uh, shout out to all my podcasts and homies. I got homies podcasting, bro. It's not 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 me. I got them, but. I have friends that are podcasting and it's lit. It's Jason explains it all. Hillian Hideout, Politisip. Hindu's got a podcast. I'm trying to convince some other people to start podcasts. Why not? People start talking, you know. You get comfortable enough, you, you feel comfortable enough, especially on your own show. And then if you have somebody you're talking to, it's like, then you get get to actually shit you know a, a lot of these guys they do podcasts based on like specific things a lot of people that i know and i you know i wish i could get into more of that like have like a more tightened in thing but i'm gonna need more people's feedback i need people to tell me what they like to hear about and the shit that they don't like to hear about it's like if you don't care about a certain something just message me and be like hey just let you know i'm not at all as into this as whatever you know don't get me wrong, if 10 other people are like, yeah, I do like it when you talk about this, then I probably will keep talking about that. But I'll keep in mind, I mean, you know, I've gotten better about writing myself some notes every other episode. Uh, but, you know, I'm pretty sure until episode 783, this will still be a work in progress. So, And I'll probably uh, reset my schedule then as well and be like, yeah. It's going to be like episode 1500 before this isn't a work in progress. Uh, yeah. You need to uh, you need to tell your friends. I'm continue to tell you guys to tell your friends. Um, new UFC games coming out. Uh, new Assassin's Creed games coming out. 
that Assassin's Creed game is going to be hot fire and I can't wait. I don't know if you guys played the Assassin's Creed games, but the new one looks like it's going to be so bomb. So that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm also looking forward to that new UFC game. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go. Um, I hope you guys have a great day. Enjoy your week. Get it started right. Listen to the podcast. And uh, yeah, remember, this is Organic Poison. Sickest in the South, baby. <laughs>